This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Now it's time to talk about the fight against air pollution in the port communities of Los Angeles, where 300,000 people, mostly Latino, live next door to oil refineries, chemical facilities, and one of the largest oil fields in the nation. For decades, they've been fighting for basic rights and a cleaner environment. Eliza Moreno has that story. She's a writer on race, gender, and environmental issues who earned a BA from Duke and an MA from Stanford. Her new piece for thenation.com is, These Moms Are Leading the Fight Against Environmental Racism. We reached her today in Los Angeles. Eliza Moreno, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, John. Well, you open your report for the nation with a story about an explosion in a South Bay neighborhood of Los Angeles in 1969. Tell us about that. Jesse Marquez, he was just a teenager when this explosion impacted him and his family. At the time, he was living in Carson, neighbor to Wilmington, California. Four tanks of oil in the Fletcher Oil and Refinery plant had exploded, and it was stationed right across from Jesse's family home. The explosion resulted in first, second, and third degree burns. Due to this explosion, Jesse realized the importance of advocating for his community. He moved to Wilmington later on in his life and founded the organization Coalition for a Safe Environment and has served as its executive director since founding it. And tell us a little more about Coalition for a Safe Environment, uh, what their work has been. The organization works to hold oil refineries and other institutions accountable, those that are um, directly impacting the health and the lives of those in the neighborhood of Wilmington. The Coalition for a Safe Environment does a lot of work, but which involves making sure that the Assembly Bill AB 617, um, which is the most recent and major bill signed by Governor Brown in 2017. And so the purpose of AB 617 is to reduce exposure in communities most impacted by air pollution. And in 2018, the Wilmington Carson West Long Beach community was nominated by the district and selected as a monitoring community. Jesse is appointed to this AB 617 advisory committee. And so his organization ensures that they are keeping in mind all those most impacted. So how come people live next door to oil fields and oil refineries in LA County? What what is the history of this? So in terms of the history of big oil in Wilmington and the LA area, it all began in the early 1900s. It was you know, largely to this big oil that spurred a lot of economic growth in the region. Um, And so the Chevron El Segundo refinery has been in that area since 1911, for example. Um, And Union Oil opened its first refinery in Wilmington specifically in 1919. And so just throughout um, the 1900s, due to big oil impacting economic growth, people followed. And as a result, these communities have been building. But over time, due to the health impacts, the majority of the folks who are living in the area, a very inexpensive area to live in compared to West LA counterparts, are Latino and immigrant families who can only afford living in these areas. Um, And I spoke with members of the community, um, including Dulce, 
who I, is highlighted in the piece, as well as her daughter. And um, Lulce plans on staying in Wilmington. This for her is her dream is to continue to advocate for her neighbors and for her family and for herself. Whereas her daughter, who has two daughters of her own, her dream is to leave the area once she and her family have the economic means to. So let's talk here about the the health issues of people who live in these uh, neighborhoods uh, across the street from uh, oil refineries and oil storage uh, depots. This is sort of right behind the ports of LA and Long Beach, which bring in basically everything from China that comes to the United States, comes to the port of LA and Long Beach. And as a result, lots of pollution builds up and is directly impacting the folks who reside in these areas. There's this crisis of asthma cases in this area, especially the children in the area. Asthma rates are especially high in communities of color. And this is also the case for the predominantly Latino communities in Wilmington. On top of asthma impacting um, so many children in the region, research also suggests there is a correlation between pollution and eczema because the toxic chemicals in the air trigger eczema, damaging the skin. And so the children of Dulce, um, Freddie being one of them, he is impacted greatly by eczema, as well as Dulce's granddaughter herself. I will add on top of all of these health issues, Latinos are greatly uninsured compared to their white counterparts. For example, um, 20% of Latinos nationwide are considered to be uninsured. And this lack of health insurance results in these communities being unwilling to go to the doctor for checkups, you know, including cancer screenings, which are actually highly recommended for those who live even within 30 miles of the region. And Dulce lives within one mile of an oil refinery. So because she does not have health insurance in the U.S., she relies on her family in Mexico to bring her the medication to help with the eczema for her children. So the air pollution comes from the oil refineries. It comes from the huge number of trucks that are going back and forth to the harbor. And it also comes from the ships that are in the harbor. I did not know until I read your article in The Nation that Governor Gavin Newsom had canceled the requirement that ships in LA Harbor use shore power when they're in the harbor. That means electricity instead of running their diesel engines. In September, 2020, Gavin Newsom canceled that requirement. Tell us about that. Why did he do it? Governor Newsom halted the order intending to free up electricity in California because the state was experiencing extreme heat and raging wildfires. And so in order to prevent, you know, further blackouts or electricity shortages due to the electricity that we as residents use up, in addition to the wildfires, of course, um, the order was intended to um, free up the electricity. This resulted in cargo ships to stop using shore power. And shore power is meant to reduce pollution. Ships are one of the heaviest polluters in the seaborne trade, counting for about half of all port-related pollution. 
And little is known of this order in other coastal California cities, but for residents in Wilmington, halting shore power results in even a greater amount of pollution directly impacting these residents. So we've talked a lot about the health problems. Let's talk about the organizations now that have been fighting to change this situation. I was especially interested that in Wilmington, there's a chapter of Communities for a Better Environment, CBE, which is a very big and important uh, nonprofit that fights for in, envi environmental justice. Uh, tell us a little about CBE in their Wilmington chapter and this fascinating person you profiled in the nation, Alicia Rivera. Communities for a Better Environment, specifically their chapter in Wilmington, is intended to support the fight for environmental justice. I spoke with Alicia Rivera, who is a Wilmington community organizer at this organization. This means that she is out on the streets, she's in the schools, she's in the churches of Wilmington, talking, leafleting, trying to speak to as many residents as she can, um, informing them about these refinery issues, inviting them to meetings. In fact, Communities for a Better Environment was the organization that informed Dulce about these issues. And thus Dulce is now an advocate in her own right as a community member. So just to give you an example of the breadth of Communities for a Better Environment and the impact they're directly having on their residents. And I spoke with Alicia who mentioned that in her conversations with um, residents, they do have an idea that the oil refineries that sit right next to their homes, they do have an impact on their health. And um, I understand that the local organizers told you that uh, they've had opposition, not just from the refineries, but from the YMCA, the Boys and Girls Club, even the local Catholic churches and local schools have not really welcomed the organizers uh, and and their their work. Why is that? These are low-resourced communities, and they do not have the resources to continue a lot of the work that they're hoping to push forward. And so this is when the funding from the refineries comes in. And so the refineries are well aware of the impact that they're having on the community. Um, a lot of detrimental health impacts. However, in order to continue their operations without too much controversy or frustration by the community, the refineries provide a lot of funding to these schools, to these libraries, and to the churches. They donate money to the reading programs in the library alongside other community events. And so the libraries and the schools, even the churches, are placed in a very difficult position where they require the funding from the refineries in order to do the work that they want to do for the community, right, um, in order to hold these community events and these reading programs for the children in the region. But in order to do so, this means that they will have to turn away organizers like Alicia because it's part of this unspoken contract they have with these refineries. I noticed that Alicia Rivera told you that the people who attend the meetings are all mothers. That's right. This could be for many reasons. One of them being that in these communities, traditional displays of gender are enacted 
which is men are primarily the breadwinners and the mothers are the ones who work the odd jobs here and there and have the time and space to volunteer. However, I think it also has to do with the fact that these mothers are directly responsible for taking care of the children in their household, for their husbands, for themselves. They are the ones who are taking care of the health of their family. They are the ones who are directly witnessing the impacts that these refineries are causing in the bodies of their children and themselves. And so they want to take action. They are being placed in a position where they must be advocates, not because they want to, but because they have to. And so they want to know what's going on in their community. They want to know why it is that their children have eczema or asthma, and they want to do what they can to fight for a better life for their family. Eliza Moreno, she wrote about people in California's low-income communities of color organizing to prevent and reduce air pollution, especially around the ports of L.A. and Long Beach. You can read her report, These Moms Are Leading the Fight Against Environmental Racism, at thenation.com. And this piece was co-produced in collaboration with The Margin. Eliza, thanks for talking with us today. Thank you. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Thank you.